Hey guys, my name is Quinn Cully and this is True Product, a show that dives into the weeds of real projects with PMs from around the world. Our guest today is Adam Lowenthal from MLB, who focuses on the editorial web apps of Major League Baseball. As usual, we'll cover a bit about the company, their team structure, how they define objectives and prioritize, and finally, we'll dive into a recent project, specifically the MLB's new prospects page, where fans can learn about up-and-coming stars of the sport. Some of the highlights from today's chat are the pros and cons of being a dev turned PM, the importance of sales in product management, and how to empower each contributor in a project by giving them creative freedom. Just a note, this episode ran a little long at 50 minutes, but it's a great chat that I think you'll like. As always, if you have any feedback, please find us on Twitter or LinkedIn at True Product Podcast. Thanks, enjoy. Adam, thanks for coming on. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Uh, appreciate it. Um, we'd love to start with just who you are, where you're working, um, the basics. Sure. So I am Adam Lowenthal. I am a product manager or owner, whatever you want to call it, for Major League Baseball. Uh, I've been here for, I'm approaching my fourth year. Um, started here as a software engineer. Uh, had a career you know, in front-end development before I, I decided to move into product um, and I've been in product here specifically for just over a year now so nice yeah I've been in web my whole career yeah um, so I'm doing web as a product owner here as well working on the actual same team that I was as a software engineer so Very a lot cool. of familiar faces um, but I'm really liking it so far two things one why did you make the switch I had always been interested in, in web development since I've been a little kid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the web and the internet really sparked an interest at a young age. Uh, so I knew I wanted to be a web designer or a yeah. web developer. I also really liked the design aspect of things. Yep. So I've actually had an internship um, specifically in graphic design, print design. It had nice. nothing to do with web I mean, at, at the New York Mets, actually. Uh, I'm a big uh, Mets wow. fan, big baseball fan, and it makes sense yeah, I work here. It makes sense. Um, but my point is, is I really like design. Yeah. I really like user interfaces and, and web, and I I wanted a career in, in that. So nice. uh, I also was a little bit of a geek and liked to code and it would experiment that way. And so I did that. You know, I started as a computer science major in, in college, ended up majoring in information science, which was more of the, the web route than the, the Java or, you know, back end route. Yeah. I really like to see what I'm doing. I don't really like uh, just looking at, you know, numbers and, yeah. and logic. Obviously, obviously, there's a good amount of that. Yeah. Um, but I learned a ton. Um, one job led to the next, which led to the next, which yeah. is really my dream job working at Major League Baseball. Um, and I didn't see a, a career in software engineering. Interesting. Um, not that that's not a great career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that <laughs> for me personally, I had a hard time not stepping on toes when I was in meetings about things that we were yeah. building. I wanted to have a say in what we were doing and how we were doing it. Um, and more than anything else, I really, really care about MLB's products. Yeah. I'm a consumer firsthand myself. I have been my whole life. Yeah. And now I get to work on products that I really genuinely care about. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm where I want to be, and things are good. I love that. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, second question, uh, MLB as a product seems really big. What part of the product do you focus on? 
That's true. So, you know, I was able to just give you a little bit of a tour of our office. And so in our New York City office, we have over 1,400 people. Yeah. Um, there's so many different departments and initiatives, and MLB has a ton of products. Yeah. You know, the game itself is a product. Yeah. Um, how you are consuming all aspects of the game, whether you're consuming on a connected device like a Roku or Apple TV or a PlayStation or Xbox. Yep. Uh, so there's a whole product team dedicated to that, and there's you know your phone, your tablet, your whole mobile experience, and of course um, web. Yep. Um, MLB people may or may not know has a really really rich history in in technology. Yeah. Um, MLB Advanced Media is a company that was started in around 2000. Uh, all the owners are cross baseball. Mm -hmm. um, each invested a couple million dollars into this tech company that became MLB Advanced Media. Uh, very cool. And at the time, the job was just we want you to maintain MLB.com and all the club's websites. Yeah. And you know, web was in its infancy still in 2000, and we did a good job with that. And then we said we're going to create the first sports app. Uh, we created MLB at bat on BlackBerry. Nice. Um, you know, you could watch as pitches were happening, and it was like the coolest thing in the world. Very cool. Um, and then we said we can sell a TV subscription um, package that people would be interested in, which turned out to be the first subscription package like that in the world. <laughs> and that turned into a smashing success, obviously. Yeah. Combine that with StatCast, which has been a revelation in the sports industry. Um, we then sold 75% um, of MLB Advanced Media to Disney Streaming Services, oh. which is now Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So Very interesting. Uh, a lot of my ex-coworkers, this all happens since I've been here, <laughs> are now the people who are building Disney+. Plus. So um, shout out to those guys. <laughs> so they just hit 28 million uh, members. So... Um, yeah, MLB's got this huge history. Yeah. And so getting back to your original question, I work on the web side of things. Nice. Of course, that's very broad. Yeah. Specifically, the editorial portions of MLB.com. Um, so that's the news portion of MLB.com. Nice. That's when you want to vote in the all-star ballot yeah. every year. Uh, that was one of my biggest projects I've ever done in my career last year. Really? We completely rebuilt it. Um and that's an interesting one because moving into product is kind of a, let me see how you can do. It was, you're going to work on this as both an engineer and, and product. Yeah. And then my co my other engineer that was working on it with me left and it ended up just being my thing. Um, but it went really well. Some Only some minor hiccups, but it was a really good project. It definitely, probably the thing I'm most proud of since I've been here. Nice. It's great to hear. Um, yeah. What does the uh, what does the basic team structure look like around you between design, research, <clears throat> engineering, product? So it's definitely cross functional. Um, we, you know, my my team that I have worked on, and again, I reiterate that I was on, I'm actually on the exact team that I have I was on as an engineer, which yeah. is a little bit odd. Yeah. There were some other product roles I was looking at, and mm -hmm. it kind of just worked out this way. Um, my team is comprised of approximately seven developers, uh, a project manager, um, myself, and we have we have a design team that we kind of 
our design team is is in a state of transition right now, yeah. but there's approximately five to seven designers who are working on other platforms as well. Yeah. Um, and we kind of have like our two people that we work with from yeah. design. They're not technically on our team, yeah, but, but they'll pull them in when you exactly. Do. So, you know, if I'm working on a new project, I'll create a ticket on their board yep. ahead of time so that they can, you know, and meet with them so we could talk about what we're ta- you know doing so that when it's time to talk to my team about the project, we have some designs already for it or at least wireframes. Makes sense. And then our developers are, you know, all the way from associate software engineer to senior to, you know, an associate director who's our tech lead. Yeah. Um, and that reports up to, you know, a senior director who manages other teams that are equivalent to ours who do other things like minor league baseball yeah. and there's just so many products that we have oh, yeah. um obviously it all ladders up but yeah nice that makes sense um talk to me a bit about how you guys as a team define objectives on a yearly quarterly monthly basis and then plan and prioritize uh whether it's sourcing ideas and then figuring out all right what ones do we want to execute on yeah i think that I don't necessarily know that we have a very organized process when yeah. it comes to that. I don't necessarily know if anyone <laughs> does. Um, I think that we have there's there's good and bad things about working for Major League Baseball. The good thing is is we run on a very um, we run on a calendar. Yeah. Right. So opening day is going to happen March 26th, whether uh, we yeah. want it or not. Yeah. The All Star Game, we know what date that's happening. The playoffs, World Series. These are things that are happening at a particular date. That's very interesting. So most companies don't really have a set schedule like that where it's like, you know, they could say we want to launch this on July 6th, but that date's kind of arbitrary or what's the big deal if it gets pushed back a week? Yep. Um, What's really happening? Well, if we don't launch our ballot on time, we don't have players to play in the All-Star game. So we have some very strict deadlines when it comes to that. That That helps in the sense of, we know every year things yeah. that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts in a sense because I think it potentially can uh, mess with the flow of things or some things get rushed sometimes. Yep. Um, you know, it's opening day coming up and this year we've decided that we wanted to launch a couple special products for opening day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had to kind of break process a little bit to make sure we got that done. Yep. Um, we're an agile shop here, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do to get yeah. something done if, if the boss asks. Kanban. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I don't know if that answered your question, yeah. but you know, we obviously have long-term strategic goals that we have in mind. For example, we do want to redo our homepage. Yep. Um, that's something that we have identified that we are not going to get done for this year, yeah. but we know that we want to do it at, you know, at the very latest opening day, 2021. Yeah. So we're talking about it now. Yeah. Um, and we've been talking about it for months, actually. Yeah. Um, so we do think far in the future. Um, the last couple of years, really since we've sold to Disney, a lot of time has been spent um, picking up the pieces. There's been a lot of things that have been, needed to be migrated. Yeah. And so the last couple of years, we haven't been able to really build new and be very yeah. innovative or as innovative, innovative as we want to be. Um, so we're hoping that we're, we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel there, and we're hoping to move forward with some really cool things again. Nice. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, 
let's switch into our little deep dive of a specific project for yours. And we can actually frame it um, in the same way we asked the last question. So let's talk about a project, basically how it came about, what was the objective, uh, your KPI that you had, what was the project, and right. what were the weeds of it? So we could talk about a project that um, we could, you know, it might be interesting just to talk about a couple different projects, yeah, but yeah. if you want to go into like one, you. you know, we could do that. Um, we are currently not live with it, but we are going to be very shortly. Nice. Um, we are working on a new prospect section for our website. Um, for those who don't may not know what a prospect is, it's a it's a player who is coming up through the minor leagues who is touted to be very, very good and, and should be a contributor in the major leagues hopefully soon. And is it always minor leagues or can it be people younger? Is a definition of a prospect? So it actually leagues? has a portion of it too. It's like um, high school players, college yeah. players, basically players that, like you may have heard of Bryce Harper, for yeah. example, who when he was 16, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Um, you know, every sport has their top prospects. These are players that, you know, they're not going to be in the major leagues for a while, yeah. but we know they're going to be very good. And baseball, more than any other sport, we have crazy fans that are obsessed with numbers yeah. and, and, you know, stats in general and you know, lists. What are the top prospect lists for all of baseball? What are the Mets' top 30 prospects? Yeah. What are the top 10 shortstops that are coming up? And this is just, you know, baseball fans love getting into the weeds with, with stuff like this, including myself, yeah. which kind of coming first full circle, I have been a consumer of our former prospect section that's still alive. Um, we've had this section for almost 10 years now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess you're asking some like reasonings for why we're doing this yeah. now and stuff. Um, we have on MLB.com three separate websites effectively yeah. you know over a course of 15 years there are certain sections that get rebuilt multiple times yeah. there are certain ones that just live and just you just know aren't there. important <laughs> and you know we've had our website hosted on multiple servers and you know like i said with the split there has been things that forced us to move over yeah. and so um the prospect section was one of those sections that are on a legacy server, yeah. and so it kind of needed to be moved over. Yeah. And I think us as product people need to get out of the mindset of, okay, well, MLB has had a section like this, yeah. so we need to move it over and do it exactly the yeah. same in the new section. It's like, well, it's two t 2020 now. What exactly do we want to accomplish yeah. here? We could just move it over. We could just do the exact same thing we did and have yeah. had. It has worked. People like it. Yeah. But maybe it can be better now. Makes sense. Um, and I think that's what you and I, that's why we have jobs. <laughs> so um, this section was one of those sections where there was a lot of really good about yeah. this, the former sections. But we want to make it better. Yeah. And did you find yourself as like the lead voice for this change? So we actually, there was a group of product people who put together like uh, like a charter or a document of yeah. here's what, here are our objectives. Mm -hmm. um, and I could get into some of those. Uh, you know, our current prospect section is, is really good, but there's a lot that feels lacking, you know, from it. For example... You know, you can't see so much video about a player yep. on, the, on the current one. You can't 
see that many stats about a player. You don't get any news articles about a player. Um, there's not that much info about the players. You nice. see lists, but there's not that much info about the players. And so thinking about it from the fans' perspective, we want to give them as much information as possible so that they don't have to go out and go to a, another website to find this information yep. out. Um, so some of those KPIs were let's get videos, let's get news articles, let's get more stats, um, and if and if that's not enough stats, let's send them to another portion on our website that does have those stats yep. or that does have the video. Um, so some of those KPIs isn't even related to this exact section. It's We, sh- we anticipate seeing higher amounts of traffic yeah, on other sections because we are sending more people there. Yeah. Um, so those were some of the KPIs that we had. And so this goes into your charter and you guys present it Right. And get approval. What is this? Yeah. So, I mean, we had some initial meetings and, uh, yeah, the the approval process varies for different things. Sometimes it's, we need to do this, do it. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's, you know, us coming saying we'd like to do this. Um, And I guess this was in between Mm -hmm. because this was something that we needed to do because we needed to move it over off the legacy system. But we could have built a, smaller version of this yeah. that was could have been moved over quicker instead of investing more resources to get this done yep. in my opinion the right way yeah um it'll also probably kill off a couple related uh sections yeah. because they're not going to be good. needed anymore yeah. um so you know we had some meetings with some higher level people vp senior vice president level people um I think they all agreed and, you know, we put it into the roadmap and we, and we kind of started the process, Yeah. which that process is, you know, the, the prospect section has a couple key stakeholders that work on our editorial team. They're the people who update these lists, yeah. right? So it's every three times a year, these lists get updated, yeah. the preseason, midseason and postseason prospect lists. Yeah. Um, they are the people who like, are interacting with people on social media about these lists. They get uh, heavily um, publicized when the lists get released every year, yep. and so these are the these are our stakeholders. These yep. are the people that we want to make happy. Um, so we had initial meetings with them, uh, who are very excited about the fact that we were doing this for them. Yeah, um, and you know got all those requirements, had some initial, you can't get every requirement in you know, the first meeting, <laughs> obviously. Game, it's yeah. like, what do we want to do here? Yeah. And I think the, the other thing that we are trying to change here, and I think you know, it could sound obvious, yeah. but continuous integration. Like <laughs> a lot of times, and I think the problem with a lot of people is, is you spend so much time, you work on something, yeah. and then it's on to the next thing, and that thing that you just spend so much there. time on sits, on sits there, and then three years later, you say, we need to rebuild this thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we are using a lot of latest technology. You know, we've moved into, we're a React shop now, yeah. and we're using technically a lot of the latest technologies that yeah. shouldn't go out of, um, it shouldn't be out of date anytime soon. Yeah. So we would really like to be able to continuously iterate over things and yeah. improve and continuously add features to things. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's my job, I think, to articulate that to those stakeholders and say, hey, we don't have to have everything on launch day. Yeah, and Let's, coming coming from a world where like I've only been in early and growth stage, where everything is spoken about in an MVP fashion. Like, how right. do we get the first version out? Test whether like uh, users actually like it, enjoy it, and then iterate on it from there. 
and all of our executives understand that they like because they know that we just need to test and we're oftentimes looking for a lot of traction in different ways how do you handle those conversations when someone may think uh, maybe a senior or older executive is like nope gotta be perfect first time yeah i mean i think that this is an interesting case because what we currently have on prod is considered something that's very successful yeah. so what i should say there is is they were very anti let's we they didn't want to launch without something that we currently have already yep so ripping something away from right something you've given it's like somebody. you know we have something they're expecting this um and we are probably launching with a couple things that they don't already have, but yeah. we're launching with so much more that they didn't have yep. that I think that that's okay. I can feel the sales tactics coming right. off. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's a part of the job. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I've I've been told from like the higher higher ups or as I've been in product that you know you don't really want to say no to things. You know, your <laughs> job is not to say no. It's it's you know we can do it. We will. You know, add it to the list yeah. of things to do. It's usually, it's, it's, it is, I understand that from an outsider perspective of like, yeah, like it's not the word no, but it's like subtly saying no. Right. My favorite representation of a product manager is the poop umbrella that my old designer made a shirt for me. Thanks, right. Carolina. Uh, but it is that idea of like, all right, how do you block the bad stuff from getting in? But not necessarily saying no, just strategically saying, oh, we're going to put this over here for right. a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm learning. We, do the best I can, and uh, I think that ultimately, you know, as the product owner, you you are the person who's dealing with the stakeholders. You are the person who's dealing with the developers. You know all the, you know, ins and outs of what's going on and why something may or may not be hard yep. um, to implement at that very moment, or why you might want to sit on this for a couple of weeks yep. when they may not understand. Um, so I think it's. That's what probably makes a good product manager. Absolutely. Um, someone who's able to, yeah, we can fit this in now, or no, like I think we should. Let's just get this out yeah. the way this is now working, right? And then, you know, this will be one of the first things we do later. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of that. Makes um, sense. So let's I, get back to this one. You, um, you obviously are in conversations with executives. You have to do some trade-offs. And then, what, and you met with the initial stakeholders to get the first set of requirements. Right. What happens next? So I guess after that, um, I take those requirements and have a, a meeting with our designer. Nice. Um, and like I said, our design team—it's it's a little bit different than it once was, and probably will be. Yep. So this was more of a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Um, here's what we're trying to do. Yep. Um, I happen to be. You know, one of my goals, we just did our goals for the year and stuff. Nice. One of my personal goals, which is not really measurable, but it's something <laughs> that I care about, is uh, I care a lot about things looking really nice and yeah. sleek. Yeah. Um, like I said, I care about design um, in my background. Um, I think that things have gotten potentially a little sterile with some of the things that we've done. Yeah. And so... I really cared about this new section looking really nice. Yeah. Um, I think we need to bring that back to baseball. Yeah. It's part of you know the commissioner's um, goals as an organization. We want to bring in the young uh, fans, and I think that we can do that from every angle. Yep, and absolutely. so that's kind of what I really drilled into our designer's head. I want to make this look a little different than things that we've done in the past. Yep. Obviously, we want to match our style guide, and this needs to look like an MLB product. Yep. Um, but 
we want I want to experiment with dark mode I want to you know look at some other things for inspiration and he was right on with mm -hmm. me and he was saying oh I've seen this site do something similar and he said yes that's exactly what I'm talking about yep. um, you know we're completely mobile first now mm -hmm. um, you know everything we build has has got to be built for mobile nice. it has to be developed for mobile it's no longer we're going to build this and scale down and, and we're going to pull things out for mobile. It's yeah. going to be, if anything's pulled out, it's going to be for desktop. Yeah. Um, so that's the conversation that we have here. We need to do this. He's a baseball fan. He's a smart guy. Yep. I want to give him his complete creative freedom to do what he wants to yeah. do. Um, and so that's kind of how it works. Maybe maybe it's a wireframe at first. Yep. Um, and... We kind of say, hey, he says, is this what you're looking for? And maybe a day or two later, yes um, or no, mm -hmm. and for whatever reasons. And then he kind of spends a couple of days working on a more fully fledged out design. Yeah. And I think at that point it is, you know, I, I'll, I'll criticize it if I think it needs it. And yeah. I definitely spend a lot of time saying how I feel about things, probably <laughs> too much sometimes. I could defend people. Um, but... You know, this is my product, yeah. and uh, you know our our new theory here is, is you're the CEO of your product, and you've you know probably heard that before, but I I take that seriously. It, and it's a it's a interesting conversation because when you flip the script and look at your boss or whatever, you don't want him handing you the exact requirements and saying do this exactly and like this is what I want and no no no. You want him to give you creative freedom to say like hey we want to redo the prospect portal right. So, let's see what you can do right and now you have to pass that same creative freedom down to the designer right. while also trying to get what you want exactly so it comes back to that little sales tactics of like all right how do we right. when do we push when do we pull yeah and i think it goes the whole way through i mean you know it's my job also to once it goes through development i don't want to jump ahead but once it's once it's being worked on yeah. we're starting to see actual um code in in in, in a browser <laughs> it's my job to call the devs out if it doesn't look as good as it's supposed to or yeah. this is not the correct spacing and and now what we've kind of gotten ourselves into is i don't want to jump ahead uh, I'll, I'll get back to this that, that, this is great i think I, i'm excited to talk about this because you do have the double-edged sword as a designer and front end developer like right. again it's uh you're handing stuff off but you're also looking under the hood most of the time and noticing like hey exactly. this component should actually be built differently exactly so uh, basically, at this point, we are—you know—we have some designs. Yep. Our designer does a great job of, um, you know, passing off a pretty high-level prototype. We use Envision here. Nice. Um, you know, he'll he'll eventually pass off like a, a Zeppelin or something that our developers can use to make sure that they're matching the design. Obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but we want to meet with the stakeholders probably looking at the designs to make sure they're happy with yeah. it before we start obviously working yeah. on it. Um, and just to poke, uh, any users involved in this process? So we have, yeah, we, we've been using usertesting.com. Nice. I've never used them, but I've heard about them. It's good. We have a uh, enterprise level, you know, partnership with them and it's it's really good. We, we have some research people here that their full-time job is to do research. Um, but they're definitely empowering us and giving our, us our own account so I can run my own user test. So yes, I should, cool. I should have said that first. Uh, I did forget about that. So um, before we started working on any development, mm -hmm. we, I actually interviewed probably six to eight different 
users on UserTesting.com. Nice. So UserTesting.com, if you've never heard of it, uh, allows you to do unmoderated tests and like moderated tests, meaning that I'm actually interviewing somebody. Yep. Um, so UserTesting.com, you can set up like a test with questions. They have a nice uh, UI where you could set up basically a questionnaire, but like an interactive questionnaire so that you could have it go to this URL and nice. that could be either a prototype or an actual working website, yeah. and you could say, "All right, we are look. We want you to now find the top shortstop prospects. How nice. would you go and do that?" Yeah, and then the user can try for a little bit, and you end up getting a recording of them trying to do it. They could struggle for five minutes and yeah. not know how to get it, and or they can do it in two seconds. Yeah, you could ask them some follow-up questions. Was that easy? Was that hard? You know, or more in depth. Um, so we, we, we did a couple of those and then, then I did some moderated ones where I actually talked to fans mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, what do you think of this? Um, how could this be better? We got some really positive feedback for prospects because, you know, it's not just my product. I'm not saying this, but I think it's, <laughs> it's a lot better than what we currently have. Yeah. Um, so they seem to really like it. Sometimes that could be a bad thing though. If it's just like, if it's so much better than what you currently have, you might be getting maybe not the best feedback because they're just saying, oh, this is so much better instead of, well, what what could it be, you know? Exactly. Um, so we did we did that. Mm -hmm. uh, we took their feedback, added it onto the things that we were trying to um, do, and there was a couple things where it was confusing to the users, and so we took that also, and how can we make this less confusing? Nice. Um, and I think after we did some user tests and we, we, we felt like we had something good, yeah. it was at that point that we could say, all right, um, let's start building this. Yeah. And what is, what's the time scale right now from start to where you are right now? Um, I Probably a couple months, honestly. I think I that from the time where the designer started actually designing it to where we actually started developing it was maybe more like a month mm -hmm. nice. uh, it's hard it's been a while now so i can't yeah, yeah, yeah. put my finger on it but i think that that sounds about right nice so you've um gathered requirements you've done user testing you've talked to stakeholders got buy-in and now it's turned time to start building yeah so so it's time to start building and the thing is this you know the designer hasn't designed every aspect of this app yep. So, you know, a, a hard part of, of my job is to make sure that I'm staying ahead of things with him mm -hmm. so that nobody is spending time waiting for anybody. Um, so, and, and throughout that, you're, you're meeting with the stakeholders. Okay, so we have this initial list layout. What happens when you click on a player? Yep. We have different tabs within that. You know, you want to see their news, stats, video. These are all different layouts within these different tabs. You're seeing a lot of different things. We want to be able to deep link to a player. We've never done that before. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into um, this while while that initial first yeah. list is being developed. So I spend my time there a lot too, and like with the, the empty states one is always the one that I find myself going to because right. everyone always wants to look at the perfect thing that's filled out completely. But right. What does it look like if no one's done anything? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Totally. Um, and you know what? You're always going to. You can't think of everything. You're not going to think yeah. of everything. Things happen as you start building it. You have to be able to react to it. Yeah. And there's going to be unknown tickets or user stories, whatever you want to call it, that you're going to have to create. Yeah. Um, but I guess we could get into that next portion of it. So um, we use Jira here. 
Um, I've used other tools in the past as an engineer, but we use you here. I like it. Um, and so we have... And you guys are pretty good with actual grooming estimations. Yeah, so we, so I guess we, wanted, we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, Take quickly. a little uh, aside. We do pointing every two weeks. Nice. We did it every week for while I was an engineer here. I hated that. So the first thing I said was, we need to do this every two weeks. Yeah. I can't, as a product, I can't have tickets ready every single week. Yeah. Plus, I don't think it's fun to have to point every single week. Uh, I personally would rather have to point a little longer, less often. Mm-hmm. That's that's my thing. I've worked places where it's been three hours of pointing. Here, it's about an hour and a half. Yeah, my engineers would yell at me. Right. So we, we do about an hour and a half of pointing every two weeks. Nice. The Monday, and that's on a Wednesday. Yep. The Monday before that, I sit with the the tech lead and we do you know a grooming session where we go through. It's basically us doing our own little pointing, yeah. and he looks through the tickets, makes sure, sure there's nothing that's gonna cause for delay during pointing. Yep. This has kind of been something that I've been. It's been a pain point for yeah. me, especially coming from the software oh, engineering. I can um, you know, I've been told by my project manager that I, I give too much in the tickets, I write too much in the tickets, and I should be letting, you know, the tech lead and stuff do yeah. that. Um, it's, it makes, you know, I'm trying to let go a little bit from yeah. that perspective. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, um, we had some issues in our pointing where, no, this ticket needs to be split up, or we want these two tickets together, or yeah. whatever it is. And, you know, things got a little contentious a little bit, and, and it was like, you know what, we need to, you know, figure this out. Yeah. So we've gotten to the point where I have, I'm realizing I'm not on the, the dev side of things anymore. I'm, big, I'm on product. very big of you. And, uh, you know, as the product person, this is what I want. Yeah. I will make sure that you guys have everything that you guys need to execute on that. But when it comes to cutting the specific tickets mm-hmm. in JIRA, that's not going to be my responsibility. Exactly. That's something um, we realize as well. The engineer should be, we'll right. create the If epic, you guys we'll want the, the tickets you know, separately, yeah. make the tickets separately. Yeah, that's for you. So um, I think that has helped the last couple months mm-hmm. being able to do that. So that's made that you know grooming meeting more important. Yep. Um, it's an important step because if you don't have it and people are arguing and the pointing, you're wasting a lot of valuable yep. time. So, you know, we have, I've created a, a fake sprint in our Jira board that's called Upcoming, which is, you know, my upcoming sprint. These are the tickets yep. that I want to work on in our, in our next sprint. Yep. Um, you know, those are the tickets that are pointed. We mm-hmm. get through as many as we can. And, you know, we kind of decide as a team at the end of pointing that our, our Wednesdays every other week is kind of our days where we really get ready for the next sprint. Yep. And so with the tech lead and the project manager, we kind of discuss who is gonna be working on what, how many points we can commit to that upcoming sprint, and that changes who's on vacation this week, yep. um, who's what failed over from the, the prior sprint, yep, exactly. which you know happens. And so, you know, obviously that's a very important part of what we do. Of course. So, so- uh, now we've got things uh, pointed. Things are set to go into the next sprint. Uh, what happened next? What happens next? And I guess where are you right now in this project? 
So, you know, I guess leading back to what I was just saying, so now things are pointed and yep. we know we are going to, as a team, commit to, what is it, 80 points or whatever it yep. is this Your sprint. Velocity, yep. um, you know, I order the tickets and, you know, I prioritize mm-hmm. them. You know, I want these, these need to be done. Yeah. These are, I really like to have, and, you know, the ones at the end are, if they have to fail over, they can fail over. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have, a daily stand-up with my team every single day. Mm-hmm. I get to, you know, see the status of everything. You know, it's, it's really important for me to be there. It's a 15-minute stand-up, and um, that's where I'm getting statuses on every what everyone's doing. If anyone has a question for me, which you know, pretty frequent, yeah. I'm there. I currently don't sit with my team. I used to in the prior office. Mm-hmm. I used to sit with them, yeah. and. It's been an interesting transition because yeah. I don't know. Do you sit with your team? Yeah, right next to them. I got it. Just because right small little things that we forget about. We get right tickets so, we need to be able to chat about. Right. So um, I think three or four years ago, when I first started as an engineer, we used to not sit with the the devs. Yeah. And then they moved us to sit with them, and now we're back to not. I don't know if this is going to be a forever thing or yeah. just we moved recently moved buildings. And I don't know if that was just an easy way to organize it, but. You know, I found it to be good and bad. Yep. It's good to be able to be right there, yeah. but it's also bad yeah. because they could just, you know, it's hard to get my job done when I keep getting poked on the shoulder with exactly. questions. So there's good and bad. Yep. And I don't know, what, what, what's, <laughs> which portion are we on right um, now? So you have your daily stand-ups. Yeah. They're, sitting, they're, they're not sitting right next to you anymore, so that's the time they check in. Um, now, uh, I should say I'm consistently going, walking downstairs there on the floor below us and I'm, and I'm it's a good talking to them. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing them a bunch. Yeah. Oh. So, um, all right. So now tickets are over there. They start working on it. Um, what, a, uh, is this happening right now or where are we right now? So right now we are actually going to be soft launching this product right after President's Day, right Ooh. when we get back. Very cool. So... I was just going to say, and talk to me about uh, maybe how you, A, launch. Is it like a testing launch first and then work with marketing to talk about actual the product marketing of this and the actual uh, launch and exposure of it? Yeah, so this is another one of those things that I will say probably um, it's it's time-related because the season's starting yep. and there's a particular time in which these new lists get uh, announced to yep. the world. And so... I don't really want to say it's been rushed because I think that we have a really good thing that we're shipping. Mm-hmm. But um, potentially we would have, in a perfect world, wanted to launch a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we're soft launching it because you never know how um, you want to use prod data in a prod environment uh, to really see what you got. Yeah. And we are, I guess, fortunate enough that we have a working version in prod right now that we can, you know, have up there and nice. so we don't have to really point traffic to this new version of it yep. um, until we have to mm-hmm. um, so we don't always soft launch things but sometimes we do just yep. you know to confirm things so I think that's what we're doing here we want to be safe we want to just see it in the prod environment there are some technical reasons why we're doing it also yeah. we're, we're moving servers and this is going to be one of the first things on our our new platform yeah. so that's really the reason why we're soft launching it. It's less of a product thing. It's more of a tech yep. tech reason. 
Um, and then hopefully within a week later, we're going to direct all traffic there. Nice. And so if you search for MLB prospects, uh, maybe by the time this episode's out, who knows, you might be able to see it, uh, if not soon thereafter. Nice. And so, again, there's so much more we want to do to it, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do all those things. Um, It's not by any means just an MVP, but it's... It's you know not where it's going to be yeah. eventually. And when will will marketing be talking about it? How yeah, so I've actually had some meetings with our integrated marketing team here. I don't generally, I don't have too many meetings with them, yeah. but um, th- they are definitely trying to sell this page and yeah. sell sponsorship to um, a, a section that's Ooh, you know pretty pretty important. So um, you know we get a lot of traffic here. Yeah. Um, and is there an ad platform you guys have built in or is it pretty yeah manual? so so we have um we used i think double click oh, nice. um, okay. and we have a whole ad ops team here who's responsible for that um we make sure that all of our uh apps web apps they can handle mm-hmm. um ads you know we don't really have to do anything to turn them on that's yeah. our ad ops team we, we do what we need to do so that they can do what they need to do but you as designers need to incorporate that sure yeah there's there are there are patterns you know being at an mlb like or a company like mlb yeah. there are patterns that it's less like uh, the design knows what it's going to basically have to be you know every site needs to be able to support what we call like a leaderboard ad at the top mm-hmm. which is like a 900 by whatever it is uh these pages need to be able to support page skins for desktop which is probably going away eventually yeah. um and so that if um, one of these sponsors, Nike or whoever it is who's, you know, buys, you know, slots on our website wants to, uh, own the prospect section, mm-hmm. um, with a click of a button, they could have a takeover of that page. Very cool. Um, so we do that for everything that we build. Uh, yeah. So we, we don't know if there's going to be a sponsor or not for this section. We might launch it currently. Prospects does not have a section. Yeah. Um, so we'll see about that. Nice. But I had to, you know, discuss what are the new features, why is this a great product, yeah. um, so that the integrated marketing team can put together a proposal for potential sponsors. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so marketing's taken care of. Uh, it'll soft launch and then a full launch. Um, talk to me about tracking and reporting. Yeah. What are you going to be looking at? How are you going to measure success? So we use what was formerly known as Omniture, so Adobe Analytics. Yeah. So Adobe has a real uh, the, Adobe is doing such such phenomenal things as a company. Yeah. Um, they have a program. Oh, I shouldn't say program. They have an app called Adobe Analytics mm-hmm. that manages our click tracking. Um, so that's part of my job also to work with our analytic team mm-hmm. to make sure that anything on our site is being tracked. Yep. So when the page loads it should fire a tracking call when you click this filter it should fire a tracking call when you click on a player it loads a tracking call anything that's basically clickable in the app we want to know that the user clicked on it um do you guys define those ahead of time or they yeah so we so i work and similarly thanks for bringing this up so similarly to my meeting with the designer i have a meeting with analytics say here are the designs Mm -hmm. these are all of our clickable elements this is how the app is going to work yep and they send over a spec to tell us exactly how they want it to be tracked. Nice. So when you click a player, it should fire this yep. um, call. And so then I create a ticket, just as if I'm creating a ticket to do a new feature yeah. to 
put these tracking com commands on, on the site. And so that once we launch this thing, I can then walk over to analytics or ask them to create me a dashboard where I can go in and see how the site's performing. Is the dashboard through Adobe as well? Yeah. So they sent it to me and I could go in right now and look at all the analytics for all of, all of my products and say, hey, over the whatever date, you know, I could put in any information I want. I want to say how many people that was viewing on Internet Explorer 11 from this date, yeah. you know, in this state, whatever I want. Does Adobe sit over or integrate with any data warehouses where you can pull out anything outside of click tracking or is it just the basic product analytics you want? I mean, I've, I've only used it. I don't, I don't know what the capabilities are. Okay. Um, I've used it in just within Adobe. Yep. So I, I kind of pull sense. down, you know, I could pull down any reports, obviously, and, you know, send it. Or, you know, I have like a monthly stakeholder meeting where nice. I have all my stakeholders or anything just to see what we're working on because we're working on so many things. I yep. can say, hey, you know, since launch, we have, you know, 5% increase in traffic to prospects since we've launched our new you know, prospect section, or we, we redid our navigation, our whole header on MLB.com. Yep. So we've noticed that our scores standing in stats page have got gone up 27% yeah. since we launched the new header. Nice. Um, so that, that's the type of stuff we're seeing from there. Very cool. So um, yeah, we do that. We, we have to make sure we do, you know, ad tracking on absolutely everything. There used to be a lot of sections that didn't do it, and so you can't get, you know, legitimate information about how those sites are performing. Nice. That makes yeah. sense. Um, and on top of that, I should say um, something that we as product owners, especially in the web, should be considering more is accessibility. Um, you know, I, I, there are people who are on our site that can't see or can't hear yeah. or, you know, have issues and that we need to consider. Um, so I think that we need to do a better job of making sure we're building products that are accessible, Completely. especially... Um, MLB, who will get letters written if things are not accessible, we hear about I it. I can only imagine with your audience. Yeah, how big so it is. it's like we need to make sure that we build things great, fast, accessible. And for, you know, I mean, something we didn't talk about was like, uh, again, multiple countries, multiple languages, like anything yeah, else that plays yeah. into it. So, I mean, luckily for us, it's generally just two languages. It's usually English and Spanish. Yep. We have a huge Spanish audience. Yeah. We do have a big Japanese audience because we have a lot of Japanese players, yep. especially Otani just came over from Japan. And yeah. it's like a couple of years ago, we experimented we experimented with uh, supporting the ballot in Japanese also. Um, on top of that, all of these products that we build, not all of them, but most of them, need to be accessible from within the native MLB app. Yeah. Um, and they, they're as web views, and you know we need to make sure that we're, they're tested there mm -hmm. also, because sometimes we do takeovers in the app where it's like you launch the app and it's a contest that we're running yeah. and it's a web view, um, and that's where we get a ton of traffic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You get a push notification if you have the app, and it's all of a sudden your web app that you built is is in everyone's uh, web view, which is a different browser than if you're viewing it on Chrome or. So it's it's a lot to look into and make sure. I didn't talk about testing at all. We have a oh, we, te have we have QA team. team that's on. I'll put them as part of our team also. Nice. So, that. yeah, I always forget about them, but they're <laughs> definitely an important part of the process. Um, we went from a manual tester to we do we have manual testing and automated testing. Yeah. Also. How is your test coverage? It's getting better. Nice. Um, you know, we back. have the last couple of years we've 
uh, definitely increase that. That you know the developers themselves are writing their own unit tests and yeah. testing their own code from that perspective. Nice. And we are running automated tests on all of our suites. It's actually you know it works like. We're, we we did something. I, I I eliminated two things from a site, and all of a sudden, a QA tester is messaging me, "What's going on here?" And, and I'm like, "Oh, know well, that works." Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> that actually makes me feel like things are are working. So that's good. That's funny. Um, looking back, anything you change about the project itself? Obviously, there's a lot to still come with the release of this. But anything you change? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't think I was prepared for that one. <laughs> uh, I th- I think that there. There's obviously things that I may, I would probably want to change. I can't yeah. think of anything on the on <laughs> no top here now. But uh, after we launch, I could I'll let you oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward to part two. Um, last thing uh, or two last ones. One, do you have any questions for other product managers or product teams or anything that you would like to get answered? Yeah, I think that um, I don't think there's like a phenomenal tool out there for product people when it comes to like maintaining their roadmap or um, just prioritizing things. I think that we kind of are all over the place. I know there's, um, like I had a call today with Product Board, which is a company that I don't know if you've heard of, you should look them up. They have a tool, they're essentially trying to be that company. Um, you know, Jira is great for what Jira does. Yeah. Slack is great for communication. There's all these tools out there, but I don't think product managers have that tool. Maybe I'm wrong. It's it's a really interesting conversation that I could go for hours on because you have two sides of the spectrum. On one side, you have a tool that's like, we're going to tell you exactly how to do this, and you have to do exactly this. And usually people use that, and they're like, eh, I want to be able to do X, Y, Z. Right. So the other side of the spectrum is Excel. People just end up using Excel. because like, oh, I want to be able to formulate this and whatever. But then obviously, like everyone has disagreements about this. So figuring out what works for each team is right. like, is honestly like, a huge part of product management and right. it's like very very challenging and i still struggle with it every team i join still understanding like all right how do we one source new ideas from everybody make sure they can fill the backlog feed that into like our like our roadmap and everything look at this in a combined view with executives and everything else and then like break it do we attach the tickets to this do we right. not like so there's always one or two disjointed things and like I think I th- there's a space there, but it's Des Trainer has a great tweet about this, and I'm like gonna butcher it, but he's like, people are like people often revert back to Excel because like uh, it gets so hard when you if you try to put things in their exact place for a project, projects go off the rails like in day two. So like right. if you try to plan for that with a product, like usually you're gonna have to break it in some way. Right. That's why I think Trello has been so successful because they're like we're gonna give you this framework that's very very rudimentary. But it allows you to move stuff, and you can kind of fill in the gap. So it's right in the middle of both. Right. But. Yeah, and I think that, you know, as a product org at MLB, they want us all to kind of have our roadmaps organized the same way, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, I think the biggest transition I've had from being a software engineer to a product owner is managing my time and staying organized. Yeah. Um, when I was an engineer, I could just put my headphones on. I knew what I had to do, and I just worked. Yep. Um, now it's, you know, 10 different things. Every, you, you can't even, every day it's like something, someone's tapping you. It, when you're super busy, then it happens even more. I call it fractals. You do something and then it fractures off to something else, fractures uh-huh. off to something else, and you got to slowly tie it back. Right, and so I've, I think when I first, you know, really started in this space, I had a hard time making sure that I was writing things down yeah. and taking notes and, like, 
keeping track of things and things were slipping through the crack and mm-hmm. I wasn't getting back to people I said I was going to get back to. Yeah. And, you know, I started with Trello at that point for like my own personal like board. These yep. are things that I have to do. Um, I started, I, I stopped using Trello and yeah. I'm, I'm using something called Agenda now. Uh, I still haven't found my perfect system. Yeah. I think that, you know, you never do. Yeah. But never ending quest. I'm... I'm working on it, and I think it's you know better than it, than I once was. So that's nice. that's good. Love to hear that. Um, actual last question: um, What has been uh, maybe a favorite or one of the best uh, product resources for you? Whether it's a website, a book, or anything else, where you learn from as a PM? Well, I, I will. I would say I hope that this podcast becomes that for a lot of people. I appreciate that. Um, I, I, you know, before I, you know, was connected with you, I, I was looking for something like this. Yeah. So I think that you're on something big there. Thank you. Um, and if I could help out in any way, I'd love to. <laughs> I appreciate um, it. But I think that you know, I, I'm always, I actually am in a state of where I'm, I'm looking for something like that. Nice. Also, um, there are things that I have transitioned from my developer days, and I continue to use. Like uh, there's something called designernews.com um, that I, I love because I, I find a lot of inspiration on there. Yeah. Um, it's less product management, more design, but yep. I think that that's a big part of what I what I'm interested in. Um, so I, I use that website a lot. Nice. Um, I also use something called CodePen a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that's definitely more of a technical yeah. thing, but when it comes to looking for inspiration for um, UIs and yeah. like cool design stuff. That's like the best. Yeah. Um, and it gives me a platform that I can test things out on quickly. How can I bring this to baseball? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've I've found a lot of inspiration on those two sites. Yep. Uh, there's there's a tech podcast that I used to listen to that I'll still shout out, even though it's definitely less product and more dev. But um, there's a, a developer named Wes Boss who has a, a podcast named called Syntax, nice. and I only mention that because they do they they, they don't just talk about um, web development stuff. They talk about a lot of a broad variety of things, and they I think it's relevant for product managers, yeah. especially if you are working in the web. Yep. There are some episodes that I think would really be beneficial to hear. Nice. Um, whether that. it's browser support that type of stuff. Um, and I feel like if you want to be a technical product manager, it's a really good one to listen to. Love that. Um, all right. Well, this was amazing. I really, really appreciate the insight, especially um, a, a big, big company like this where you have so many different products uh, and your experience from uh, software to design into product. Um, it makes for a very, very interesting conversation. So thank you very much for coming on. Cool. Of course. Thank you. And good luck to uh, this podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.